Hey guys, welcome back to this week's Faulty Logics podcast. I'm Billy. Wayne. And this is Dan. So today we're going to be talking about CBC News covering bank employees having to do unethical things to reach their sales goals. Kev Jumba back in the news and going over some quick technology news with SpaceX. Exciting. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so I guess start, uh, we'll start off with the CBC article. Uh, it first started out with the TD TD bankers. A couple of them just went out to CBC, reached out to CBC, talking about how the environment uh, pressures them to hit their targets and everything. And because of that, in order to maintain their or keep their job, they have to reach these targets. And the sales are pretty hard to get. So they have to sometimes do some unethical stuff to obtain their sales and hit these targets. Can you elaborate what kind of uh, unethical shit they have to do? Like, Well, based on what the article is saying, um, a lot of tellers and stuff like that, they're uh, pressuring clients to upgrade certain things like uh, get visas they don't need, open up lines of credits they don't need. Even like investing in the investing their money and stuff. Do they like that, ask right? the uh, the clients or do they just do it? There's been a lot of cases. I know for sure they're pressured to ask. They're always pressured to do the cross sell and everything like that. Yeah. But from what I'm seeing in the article is that some people do it and don't even tell the clients that they've done it. Well, but then this everything should be on paper though, right? Because every time you have some, you buy something, you're gonna have to sign something at the bank. So if they're doing something on the side, I don't see that they can get away with it and then this shouldn't really be a big issue. Well, the thing here is that, like, yes, when you go into the branch and you go to the bank and everything, usually there is paperwork that you yeah. do have to do. But these days, because uh, doing things over the phone and do the internet is so much more easier, uh, you're not required to sign anything out there. What you are required to do is give, like, a verbal confirmation. Yeah. But a lot of these calls, like, they're not, they are recorded. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be recorded, but they're not all reviewed, right? So sometimes these agents try to do yeah, something. Yeah, that's really hard to get away with, with everything your employees do. Exactly, it's you're only gonna get caught when there's an issue that arises, and yeah, then and they, they have to audited. go backtrack and uh, yeah, yeah, audit it. It also comes down to the customer themselves. They have to be vigilant on like what's happening to their own accounts. That's yes. hard. No, how many? No, how many no, people it's not hard. Check their no, it's not though. hard. If you realize why am I getting charged five dollars for this, then you're gonna call in and be like. What's the deal, right? right? And then it'll get investigated. Then no problem. But a lot of people don't. Like, you'd be surprised how many people don't manage their finances properly, right? Well, maybe not. You work in a bank, too. I don't sure. know. <laughs> so, but <laughs> even even from myself personally, working in the industry of insurance, mm-hmm. uh, I worked in the travel insurance industry before, and I worked in I work in the auto and home and personal home and auto insurance right now. And tons of people are buying insurance just because they know they have to have insurance, mm-hmm. but they don't even know what they're paying for. Yeah, I hate buying insurance, man. I, Wait, I, what, what kind of insurance are, do you hate buying? Any insurance. I'm just like, why? It's so unfair that I have to pay to protect you from bad drivers, especially up here in Markham. I know, but like. Why can't the bad person just get insurance? Why do I have to get insurance? Because you could be that bad driver because well, you're Chinese. <laughs> the definition of insurance is like the pooling of money of the many mm-hmm. to cover the losses of the few. So, I think the definition should be the pooling of money to make the poor poorer wait, and Billy, the rich even richer. Do you like universal health care? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's the same that's shit. basically what it is. I know, but... But what? <laughs> but that's different because the profits of the healthcare is going to a different place than the profits of insurance. The profits of insurance is going to make rich people richer. The profit of healthcare sometimes gets invested backwards into the system, right? Yeah. Like it goes to a better place. Like how insurance is like just... Well, it's just a business at the end of the it day. Is. Yeah, but that that's how it started. Like the, the way the insurance started was basically a bunch of farmers and everything. They have all this money invested in their farm, their livestock, their plants and stuff like that. And Some then, rich guy came along and was like, hey, well, <laughs> take want to take a bet? Well, basically they what Four happens contracts. is that one guy 
um, an accident happens, there's a fire and he loses everything. And then all these other farmers are like, oh shit, like, what if that happened to us? We don't have money um, on our own to recoup everything that we have. So let's all just pull in money together. So in the case that one of us does have this accident, we can help each other out. Like there's this money in the pot that could help one of See, us out. That, that's okay an, because no one profited from that, right? That's like an okay scenario to be in. But as soon as that gets taken to a third party who could potentially profit from it and gain from the fact that nothing happens to these people, then that's when it goes wrong, right? That's when the intent of it, it just goes out the window, right? But at the end of the day, it's a business. People are in it to make yeah, money. Yeah, make money, for sure. So for your sales goals, though, were, did you find them unreasonable? Did you like think that this was like, I had to do some sh- shady stuff to reach it? Um, For myself personally, I got to talk about my experiences when I used to work at this company called RBC. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, this, them you know, the small the company called RBC. <laughs> uh, they're, they're only the big five, one of the big fives. Yeah, so uh, when I was working there, the way that the targets work is that they'll look at it on a month-to-month basis and... Uh, they'll look at it as an average. So if you if during the previous month there's a lot of sales and everything like that, um, and it's higher than what they expected, the next month they're gonna increase the targets and expect you to hit that. As Makes well, sense, right? Because they don't want to like be giving giving out freebies to uh, like other employees. But right? did they ever decrease the goal? That's the thing. It's very rare that it decreases. Then oh man, <laughs> such, right? Yeah. No, because like a goal is meant to be be surpassed, right? Not necessarily. Like a goal has like, it depends on what it takes to achieve the goal, right? How many factors are involved? It might have to be like, w- okay, it wouldn't make sense if it did go down. Yeah, definitely. But, but as a business, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, but it's like, you always have to like, look at like historical data in order to create a goal or unless people are going to be pulling numbers out of their ass Yeah. and say, beat it, right? But that's probably what they're doing, to be honest. Like they probably like, oh, money goes up. We need more money. We got to make things go up. Right. But then at the same time, it's like you look at the targets and you can't fully rely on the salesperson to increase those numbers. You also have to rely on your product to increase those numbers too, right? Mm-hmm. Like you yeah, can't you just can't be, be like, shipping like shitty products. Exactly. Yeah, and then true. expect that, that number to go up because of your employees. So that's where it got kind of shady. And it even got to a point where like employees had to start manipulating their sales in order to make those numbers look better. Because for my own personal experience, we weren't, uh, because we were working in a call center, we weren't working off commission. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter how much money we brought in. It was like, whether it's a sale that's $100 or a sale that's $1,000, we're only counted on a sale. Like num- n- like the, the total the number, number of sales. sales. Okay. Exactly. So um, what would happen is that when you have a couple call in to buy insurance, you have a man and uh, a husband and a wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually you would sell one policy containing both of them in it, right? Yeah. And it would be the same price. And what we ended up doing is that we got really quick and efficient with selling a separate policy for each of them. Yeah. And it would so be you, the same you price. gamified whatever system was there then. Exactly. You manipulate it. They're still paying the same prices. The only hassle for them is that they have two policy numbers rather than one now, mm-hmm. right? So it's a little bit inconvenient on their end, partially, but... It's not that big of an inconvenience, just two policy numbers. Like right, the same thing, right. divorce. Then there's th- they're <laughs> the they're ahead of, ahead of the right. game. But it's not like it's like you're manipulating the statistics as well too. It doesn't help the company. It's all f- bullshit. Well, it's right? for a number of sales. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, if it doesn't disadvantage the like consumer, then like what? Why not? Right? You're still selling per individual person. Do you think, right? you think the um the company should change then, or the employee should say something? What do you think the best plan for that then to be? Um, well, I think employees should definitely say something. The question is more or less, will the company listen to the employees? Because when I was working at RBC, I, I'm one of the people that did speak out the most mm-hmm. because I'm pretty... Uh, yeah, like, go Dan. Yeah, I, I don't like 
He's not working there anymore, though. <laughs> like, I, I don't like authority. I spoke up too much. <laughs> yeah, I got sacked. Uh, I don't like authority, so I always spoke up. And because I actually spoke up a lot, yeah, they actually liked me for it because I was speaking up against them. One of the things that a lot of people talked to me about was that they see all these flaws and everything, all these problems and stuff, mm-hmm. but they don't want to be the ones to bring it up because they don't want to get fired. They don't want to lose their jobs. Oh, that's how you know, right? like... A- and um, a workplace is very hostile when yeah. when it's like that. When you can't like speak your mind because yeah, exactly. you're afraid to get sacked. That's just bad stuff. There's that's no happening. trust between um, the frontline workers yeah. and the management. Yeah, There's it's everyone's trust. for themselves, right? Yeah, even between uh, colleagues that are doing the same job, you don't trust each other. Like you're you're scared that people will steal your sales or they're gonna talk shit behind your back or report you to a manager. Like it's it's very like cutthroat. Th- cut cutthroat, yeah. And with the with the sales manipulating, like how you said that uh, it doesn't affect the clients on the the front end or whatever. Mm-hmm. Here's what I always recommend to people when you're calling in to do these kind of things, whether it's banking or uh, insurance. Uh, I always recommend to call the the call center rather than go directly into the branch because, like I said, with the call center, they're measured on their quantity, not yeah. the, the the premium, not the cost that they're bringing in. So when you go to the branch, those guys are measured on. The price and everything of that and those guys are not as likely to give you the best deals or or uh give you whatever's in your best interest yeah. it's more about what's in the best for their interests so that they hit their targets and they keep their job and put money in their their bank account no, or but in their pocket for me i i feel when i do go into the bank itself like to an actual branch i feel a bit more in control if i have any questions i ask right there. Yeah. yeah when there's a person you know what if anything goes wrong, they're accountable and you know who to complain about, yeah. right? When I call uh, call centers, half the time, no more than half the time, I don't remember the name they tell me. Right. I don't even know if that's the real name, to be honest, right? True. So it's like, it's there's pros and cons for all the, for all different uh, like different communication that's available to you. So there's, uh, there's some stuff I agree with you and disagree with you in that regard as well, too. Mm-hmm. Because um, at least in my industry, if you're calling into the call center, every call is recorded and yeah. you will have to say your real name because if you don't and you get booked for it, you're going to get like, you're yeah. going to get probably fired because of that. You can't lie. Whereas the branch agents, they're, they are dealing with people on a like face-to-face basis. And it's not like people are listening in onto their conversations. Yeah. There's nothing recorded. So they're saying and doing stuff that they probably shouldn't do. And then the worst thing is that for me, when we do our stuff on the phone, every call we take, even if it's a small inquiry, we're required to document it. Yeah. and memo it onto the file. There's tons of times where clients call me and they're like, oh, I spoke to my agent at the branch and everything and uh, they said this, 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 this. I open up the memo or the file, I look at the memos and there's absolutely no information at all. I'm like, honestly, whatever you're telling me that you said with your agent, I have no proof of anything. So did you, is that why you left? This is this is happening even right now in my new job, but the main reason why I left RBC was because, yes, those targets and everything were very unrealistic and also it was like very dead end it was because the targets were so unrealistic they want you to hit those targets in order for you to be able to move on to a new role or position but it was it's impossible to hit what do you think people should do that so like not even like this specific sales scenario so you're you're at a job Mm -hmm. your boss tells you this is your goal whether it be a monetary goal or uh do this number of tasks Mm -hmm. like what do you think people should do should you think they should and it's unreasonable right and everyone has this unreasonable goal you think they should just quit, like complain about it, suck it up, cheat? Like, what do you think the best strategy to handle this is? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's hard to say because I was very, I didn't really care about my targets as much. What I what I really prided myself in is the quality of work I put into my, my job. So 
What if you what if you have kids though? Like if it's someone with kids, right? Yeah, that's a different then story you gotta, because you gotta... I can see that. Like my manager specifically, she was very straight to the book. Um, she didn't really stray too far from what she was supposed to do as a manager, and um, I didn't like that at all because we didn't have a person to person, a personal relationship basically. But I understood because like she has three kids, she has a family to feed and everything like that. And she's trying to uh, progress her career as well, too. Yeah. Whereas I was like, I yeah, don't yeah. care. This it's is low just, risk for you, right? Yeah, it's just a job for me to make some money right now. But the way that I was doing it was that um, even even in terms of the call length, they required me to be within 10 minutes per call. But for me, I was always on the lengthier side. I was always exceeding that. Yeah. And the main reason was because I wanted people to know what they're buying and what you they're paying for. You were just talking slower? What if they're no. just like, fuck, this guy talks so yeah. much. <laughs> Sometimes you get that. And if you if if you can pick that up, then of course it's just be like, okay, yeah. this guy just wants to which just wants to pay for shit. He doesn't care what he's getting. Then that I'll skip. I'll just be like, okay, this is what you're paying for, this is what you cost, whatever. But other people that are actually you can tell they're generally concerned about what they're paying. Yeah. Especially with travel insurance. Like they don't want to get sick on a on a trip or get injured and then find out they're not covered for anything, right? So they do want to find out what they're covered for and i'll explain everything i'll be like i'll ask questions i'll be like are you concerned about this are you concerned about that and then if they are then i'll be like look this is something you should really look into as well too or they'll ask for like oh i want this package here and everything like well do you really need this do you really need to pay this extra money for it if you're not going to use it Mm -hmm. it's unlikely that you need it right so i'll do my due diligence to make sure that people are getting the right stuff um rather than just like selling whatever is the most expensive out there right so because of that my clients always gave me good feedback and everything like that. And because I had good feedback, the em- the employers can't really get on my ass about it either. Because they're like, okay, this guy is really good at retaining customers and he's good for the business. So you're just saying those people like forget those goals though, like... And just do your job the best you can. Yeah, you can you can just do that because what if you get fired if you don't meet your goals though? Like then what do you do? Like that's the business's fault because they're gonna lose a really good employee because you're literally giving your company a good name from your service, right? People are staying with you even if the prices are more expensive because they trust you now. Well, we'll talk about your situation then, because you're gonna have a kid, right? So you can't get fired, right? Like like that's a that's for sure a thing that can't happen anymore. Yeah. So what are you what are you gonna do? Your boss tells you these are the goals you have to meet. Yo, you gotta suck it up. That's yeah, you gotta like, do what, what you gotta do, do right? <laughs> yeah, because you know what? Okay, if they don't put goals, then a lot, be the sl- a lot of no, a lot of slackers. That's true. They're just gonna go right through the system. And That's true. They, too. They'll keep their job because having goals. This is how you retain your best employees. If they can do the job and exceed everyone else, because goals should be based on a standard, like like based on an average. Of, yeah, on yeah. An average or at least a little bit above average. Right. If someone can go up past that, go past that goal, that means other people just aren't good good enough. They're slacking and just not trying hard enough, right? Mm. But I'm I'm not saying like put an unrealistic goal. Yeah, like that should be adjusted. It shouldn't, it shouldn't always like, increase infinitely yeah, for like, no random reason. It should be based on the state of the economy, mm-hmm. right? Right. If if it, if that number can't exist, then sure, why not? But you need to have these goals to like control the quality of your workforce. I think basically then like um, going back to the TD place, what has essentially happened is that the managers suck. Yeah, they don't know how to quantify work properly for their employees, right? Because if you're a good manager and then like you you see like you have 20 employees, right? You you just do a simple average of them. You find the median of it, find the average of it, you know, get a good gauge. And then the median one will show you who's the best employee, yeah. right? Or like around who's the best employees. And then don't like, and then you start making like a, like a bell curve, right? Like people outside a certain percentile, ignore them from from the calculation of what it means to be a good employee, right? Because if they include that, this skews everyone up. And everyone's going to hate the guy who did the best. Right, because yeah. it skewed the proportions. 
And there's the other thing too with like uh because you're you're like you're saying like the statistics are there and you can see who's doing good and who's doing bad. That's another thing that these companies are dealing with as well too, because management really shoves that down your throat. And they'll even have charts and stuff on the wall or they'll send out stats sheets, Excel sheets mm. showing your uh progress as well as the progress of the rest of your team and everything like that too. So if you're working in a team environment, you can see the guy that's at the bottom of your list and he's dragging you down and everything. Mm. It gives like a huge amount of stress to like some people because of that. Like, oh, I'm not performing well. Like for myself personally, it kind of was good for me because my manager was constantly telling me that what I was doing wasn't good enough and I was holding the team back. Mm -hmm. Then I looked back at my Excel sheet. I'm like, bitch, I'm second in your team in sales. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> and then I found out that she was telling everyone on my team the same thing as well, yeah. too. I'm yeah, that's, fucking just, oh, that's, that's, that's pretty bad. Management. That's just poor management. No, but man. about the, like, displaying the uh, stats on everyone, I think that's a good idea. I think it's a great right? idea, too. Because you know what? It holds people accountable. Yeah. But not no, just no. that. But, okay, do you want to find know that you're doing bad now? Or do you want to know during your uh, performance review and right, possibly get fired. Right. Yeah, right? Exactly. At least it get, gives you uh, an opportunity to right. bring up your numbers and try to like, beat everyone else. Yeah, I think like displaying your current standings versus everyone else is a thing that definitely should exist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, also, explaining to every employee how these goals are calculated, like yes. it just increases communication going back and forth, right? This is how your goals are going to be met. Like the top whatever, whatever people ignore those people because those people are outliers, right? The yes. bottom people are might be the new people, right? Yeah. Because if you have stats where you include new people into your pool of data, you're going to mess your shit up, right? Yeah. Like it'll be skewed. They're not an average employee, right? They're, they're learning, <clears throat> right? So you can't have that. So I think I agree with you 100% on that because where I'm working right now versus where I was working before at RBC, RBC was like everyone had the same targets, right? And uh, but the thing is, everyone receives different types of calls throughout the month. Mm -hmm. yeah. So some people might get more sales calls uh, during one month and they might get less service calls yeah. and vice versa. Whereas right now, the targets where I'm working at right now is like, okay, well, we're going to measure it two different ways. We're going to measure you on the number of sales calls you have and the number of service calls you have. And based on how many, like say you have 100 service calls, you expect to get 10 sales. If you have five sales calls, you expect to get one sale out, at least out of those ones, right? And that's how they, they measure. So, yeah, each so they, person have, they include the population a, right yeah. into it. Yeah. So each person has an individual target. It's different. And I think that's good because at that point, you can't really compare yourself to somebody else because- your calls are different from the yeah. next person beside you. You can only look at it from a percentage point of view. It's like, oh, I'm I'm 80% to plan or 100% to plan, right? So that's the only way you would be able to compare yourself. Yeah. You can't just be like, oh, I'm doing better you because I have 10 sales and you only have five. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, that guy only had one sales call the entire month. So technically, yeah. percentage-wise, he's, he's yeah, doing better Yeah, he should be adjusted, right? Yeah. And I think that's how people should be recognized at work as well too. Because... Mm -hmm. Yeah, some people just get shafted one month. Like, I'm not going to lie, in the month of December, I, ha I had 0%, but it's like super slow. We just got a whole bunch of new employees. Dan's going to get called in. Um, I spent like, <laughs> I spent half the month helping to train the new yeah. guys. So obviously, like, my numbers are going to be low. And okay. my managers acknowledge that as well. Like, you know, no big deal. Like, yeah, so we see what you were doing. You just need to be a good manager, essentially, or have a good manager. Yeah. That's not really in your control, but I guess for anyone in this scenario, you need a good manager or if you are a manager become a good manager take analysis of things more than just one number and do divided by number of people in your team yeah. and you got to lead by example that's the big thing like you can't just think you're the manager so you, everything you do has to be by the book and stuff like that you have to motivate and lead your team properly and i think if you're the employee like what i would do personally is 
I would I think I would do what Wayne does and just suck it up and try to be the best person there. That's what I would do. Be the best as you can be. Like I wouldn't like complain that oh shit if I was at the bottom. Yeah. And I got a feeling that I was at the bottom. Yeah. And I would be like shit. I gotta do something about this, right? And I would ask the guy at the top. What do yeah. I need to do to get there? Because you don't, there's really no reason for you to complain anything. If it's something illegal, okay, then you whistleblow. Yeah. Okay. But if it's really something that like you're, <laughs> yeah, you're no, because most companies should have a whistle uh, blowing protocol or whatever. You're right? stabbed in jail. But uh, nobody trusts <laughs> that shit. I think really never got. Nobody trusts it. No, but you know, what? if you, but I'm saying, if you have a reason to complain, maybe that's not the work culture for you, and it's time for you to yeah. find somewhere else. Also, you else. gotta be pretty appreciative of that if anyone's in this kind of scenario, you got a pretty decent job already. Right? Yeah, you got you're in a good scenario in life. You know, maybe <laughs> just move on and just find a different job then, right? Because you gotta you got the experience already. Yeah, you just quit and join another company like I did. Okay, let's let's finish <laughs> this off. How would you? What would your solution be? You if, both of you. If I had an unreasonable goal. No, no, no. like if you were. To, uh, put in this, no, if you had to control to fix the situation oh. within 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 the resources that's provided for you, all right. Like let's say same thing. I'm assuming resources are very low. Customers' uh, service is great, but it, in the end, they're meeting shareholders' uh, expectations. Yeah, right. Because yeah, because the manager is going to get fired if he doesn't yeah. set goals, right? So I think it's if I if I was in that scenario, I would try to. Because the problem is not your employees. The problem is my manager yeah, <laughs> is telling me not, to do something. It's not doing the job. It's not doing the yeah, best job so you can do. I would say that these are the numbers. These are the number of employees. These are the output that it has to happen. And then obviously I would underestimate so that they can overestimate my estimate, right? Because you got to like, if you give them a number, they're going to say, no, you got to do better than that. And then you give them the number. So you got yeah. to play ball with them. You know, you got to yeah. lowball them. Oh, Judan? Um, for me, I would, I would personally want to increase more quality control, mm-hmm. um, which is more resources. Yes, more resources, better coaching, better training. Um, because from personal experience, training at a branch level versus training at a call center level is completely different. Yeah, I honestly think all branch agents are morons, and they've been like, I don't know, trained by like a rat in the sewers or something. <laughs> oh, shit. Actually, that would be really good. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah, they're they're completely trash. They don't follow rules and everything. And honestly, I don't know how they keep their licenses. Yeah, like they should be. They should have lost their licenses a long time ago. So training is one big thing, and other thing is quality control, so that people are still held accountable for things that they do, and shouldn't do, and stuff like that. Okay, so moving on to Kev Jumba news. So Kev Jumba is a old school YouTuber who basically has been stopping. OG. Yeah, he stopped making videos. I would say you would say three years ago, right around there. I don't know. It's been it's been it's a long been a time. Um, That's why I don't know who this guy is. He stopped three years ago. Yeah, but he's been around for so long. Okay. I've been very late into watching like YouTube channels. Oh, okay. I see. Okay, yeah. I, so I started five years ago. So I'm assuming Kevin John. He probably was really bigger, right? Because I don't watch everything. He became like famous around I think like 2007, so that's generally like when YouTube first started. He made videos like um, talks about society and just like commentary stuff, social commentary. He made funny videos with his dad just from his bedroom. Yeah, exactly. Just from his, is that old school YouTuber style, right? So he stopped. What I read and what's similar to what Dan read is that he stopped because social pressure or like society just basically expected too much of him. Was he getting and, too much money or something? I don't know. It's not so much that. It's more so that because he was doing the videos like most of these OG YouTubers, they were doing it for themselves, right? For themselves, yeah. for their friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just wanted to, uh, it was an outlet for them to be creative, right? Yeah. And then once they started making money off it they're like oh shit like this can be something big but with money and with viewers you're expected to cater to your audience as well right so when he's doing things and audience doesn't like it 
they pretty much there, bash him. Like, there's a lot. There's that, there's that one point. Um, I remember like he changed his style of video to yeah. be more like like vloggy comedian skit. Yeah. And people are like, you're so different now. You're, you've changed. And just because he wasn't in his bedroom with his, like, because he starts off a video, music, dance, gets right. into the commentary, right? So he changed the style and people complained like crazy about it. And eventually they accepted it because those videos were good, right? Good right. quality videos. Yeah. yeah. What you're saying is right. Because the intent of YouTubers now going into YouTube is to become big, right? Yes. To make a living out of it or to do something, right? Yes. Back then it was just, oh. It's a hobby. Yeah, because no one made any yes. money from it. No one yeah. knew how to, like, what this all was. The platform was still developing and growing and changing all the time, right? Well, he, he recently put up a video. Of, what was the video about? It was talking about how a year ago or something, he got into a car accident. Yeah. And uh, he was, like, contemplating. Th- did it say he was contemplating suicide or anything? Or he, he was just giving up on life, basically? Because of the YouTube situation? No, because of the accident. Because yeah. it was so oh. bad or something. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's oh, a quick, shit. like, two-minute video. So, you guys should definitely yeah. just check it out. It seems like he's going to follow up with something. Maybe, like, I don't know, a TED Talk or something. I don't know. It seems like so much bad stuff is happening to, like, YouTubers. Like, natural stuff. Well, yeah. car accident, not natural. But because Rhett, I think, he was in a car accident. Yes, yes. From Good, Meth- uh, Good, Good Mythical Morning. morning. Yeah. Furious, Furious Pete. Furious Pete with his, with his uh, situation oh, as well, right? Yeah. And even uh, that guy, the Shaytards guy, Shay Carl. Oh, the um, my my free camps. Yeah, he, yeah, he got yeah. caught in that scandal. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what it is, right? Like these are just regular people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what the thing is. It's like because there's such a diverse set of people now. It's right. just like this. These are just regular people, right? Celebrities in movies get sensationalized so much, and then when paparazzi's follow them around, they do regular things. They're like, "Oh my god, look at this person without the makeup!" Yeah. Right? This is regular people. Yeah, they don't have these uh, PR people to uh, help them when a situation hits the fan or tell them things that they should or shouldn't do. Whatever, right? Like, no, so, I, you yeah. know, I think a lot of the new uh, YouTubers or the really big ones, they, I think they actually have PR people now. No, they have managers. So? Yeah, they have yeah, managers because oh, yeah, they have a whole crew, right? Yeah, I think once they get big, like like Good Mythical Morning for sure, they have somebody yeah. running their their Facebook and their Instagram and stuff like that. But um, I don't know. There's just things that you know that you're somebody in the the limelight now, like spotlights on you. You should be careful about what you, you think. Do. You think it was fair for him to just disappear and just do that to his audience then? Because there is a side, like it is his life. Oh, you mean Kev Jumba? Yeah, it is his life, right? Like he is allowed to do whatever the hell he wants to do with it. But he had an audience. Yeah. Right, and he was responsible for his audience too. I think it's fine. He he at least left the videos up for them to watch his old stuff. Yeah, you know, I think what would have been good because I've seen it uh, happen. Like like what happened? What the what most YouTubers do? They'll put a goodbye video. Like I think one of them, something from Tokyo, she put up a goodbye video. Like her and her husband, like in both English and Japanese, right? Because they've decided they wanted to start their life and have a kid. They realize they can't do that with YouTube, mm-hmm. right? So they did a goodbye video, right, just to let them know. Kev Jumba's last video was called "I Am Home." And I remember watching it when it came out and I had no idea. I was like, what is this? And then I watched it like two years after when I was like, wait a minute, he doesn't make any videos anymore. So I like searched up Kev Jamba and I watched it and I was like, oh shit, this is a goodbye video. Yeah, it's deep. It's deep, Yeah, it's right? deep. You got to like, you got to know ahead of time that this is it. That's it. It's gone. That's a very misleading t- uh, title. I am home. Yeah, it would seem like I'm back to make more videos. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> I think what he's trying to say is like, I'm back to being myself. Yeah. And oh, do what I want to do and not what you want me to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what I was saying earlier about like, is it fair to him? Because I, I read some of the comments and saying like, oh, you felt betrayed and stuff like that, right? Like, I personally don't think like it is his life, right? Like he's yeah. allowed to do whatever he wants, wants to do it. And even though he is responsible for his audience, it is like his life, right? He doesn't owe anybody an explanation, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
He's like, you know what? He provided entertainment for free. Right. Right. So why why does he have to like babysit everyone and be like, they're there. Don't worry about this. I'll, I'll make something uh, better for you next time or yeah. something. Right. But on, on another note, though, like some people would like look at this and go like, well, this fucker, right, <laughs> has so much privilege and he just like walked away because he's being a little baby about it. Right. Like it's like um the Angry Birds guy yeah. who stopped Flappy Bird. Sorry. Yeah. Flappy Bird. Flappy Bird guy who stopped his app and took it down from the store because he was getting too much publicity, you right? Know, I well, that's different. No, I think that's a publicity stunt, to be honest. You know, because it was free. Shut it down. It gets on the news. Now, everyone's heard about Because I didn't hear about it until he shut it down. Because mm-hmm. he brought it back a month later. And it must have been really big yeah. then. And but uh, he's just one guy. You think he's going to pull that stunt? Yeah, because... No, he's a smart guy. He's making even more money. I think, I think that's a completely different way to look at it because he took away access from people like Kev Jumba he stopped doing the videos mm. but he still left his old videos up for no, people, people to no people were enjoy, still able right? to download Flappy Bird it, just get that EPK yeah, right? yeah, yeah, no but could. I'm saying like that attitude like not not like the action that they took but the attitude involved in it being like oh this is too much and too handled but you're given such a good opportunity in life right like not a lot mm. of people have these opportunities right. not a lot of people yeah. have millions of subscribers not a lot of people have a app that blows up right, right. like People seek these things and work hard for them, but they just like so they have it and then just go like whatever. So you're saying he's kind of entitled? I don't know. I don't know how to think about that, right? It's very tricky. At one point, like you think like, oh yeah, these people are kind of babies that they they should suck it up, right? But on the other hand, <laughs> I, it is their yeah. control, their life, right? They yeah, didn't right. ask for these things to happen to them. Yeah, I think I understand what you're trying to say. I think so. Basically, he's um he's taking it for granted, like yeah, the exactly. situation she's put been put in. Yeah, but he never. The thing is, they never asked to be put in those situations, right? right? It just kind of been thrusted upon them if anything the people who are entitled are the people who are watching because they're watching as a fan and be like yes oh i've supported you for all this time you owe it to me to keep going mm-hmm. it's kind of like when you watch a tv show and then it, it comes to an end and it's like what the hell i invested all this time like how can you just end it like this or yeah whatever, but right? that that's a it's a good sign though when you do feel that way because that's how you know something was good yeah when you get emotionally invested right yeah but i think that's like a reaction to being hurt right and being left and abandoned right <laughs> is feeling anger <laughs> At least with a TV series, like, it comes to a conclusion. <laughs> There's a finale, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Kev Jumbage is up and left. <laughs> yeah, but that last video, oh, that was that was some good video. I gotta watch this video. <laughs> yeah. Link's in the description below. <laughs> yep. All right, so we're going to try to do things a bit differently. We're going to try to have a segment in our show. Um, this one will be kind of for science, future, some kind of things related to that stuff. So I want to call it the future. Wayne, what do you want to call it? <laughs> I would like this segment to be called, wait, or this part of our show to be called Science C Minute. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to keep it stri- simple and straightforward and call it uh, the Science and Tech Talk. Okay. So whatever it's going to be called, um, this week we have uh, a little bit of information about space. So two weeks ago, SpaceX uh, launched a commercial satellite for EcoStar 23. This is a satellite that will be launched orbiting Brazil. It'll basically provide a uh, satellite TV for 15 years for all the people in Brazil. And the, the reason why I want to talk about this is because SpaceX is a company that most people have heard of, right? It's a company that's actually been started only like 10 plus years ago, right? And for a space company that's launching satellites for commercial companies is like a huge thing that's never been done, right? The person in charge of it is Elon Musk, right? We know him from SpaceX yeah. and stuff like that. So there's no need to talk about him. But the satellite was launched from Kennedy Space Station, which is the one that launched from the uh, Apollo mission, the one that went to the moon. Right. This launch was like at the middle of the night. So at 2 a.m. it launched. Um, it went about like Mach 30. So that's pretty goddamn fast. And the thing about this, like most of us know that the SpaceX stuff has the uh, stage one return, right? Which is the bottom part of the... Um, 
the spaceship, right? The silo or no? Uh, the, yeah. the part that looks the, like two penises. The, it launches two testicles. Yeah, right? yeah. Those parts actually return now, right? So for their past uh, launches, they um they had it like land like a stick on a platform, right? I don't know if you guys have seen. Wait, this. like does it land like it cr- comes crashing down to earth, or it lands like slowly? Um, We'll try to find the links and put it in, but it basically like lands. controlled landing. So yeah, so, so the first stage for this mission did not land, right? Because it was an expendable one because of the weight of the um, the satellite. Yeah. Right? And so based on the speed it has to reach and the altitude it has to reach, it's not possible to save fuel to return that first stage, right? So the cost wise, it, it just had to be done. Yeah. Right. So talking about this, I just want to like kind of go towards like, what do you guys think about? future space travel like um because there's other companies that are trying to do this too like jeff bezos from uh, amazon his company blue origin is making engines if you guys could travel to the moon would you guys like do a vacation there what why what are you, what are you moon, gonna see man. the sun yeah you can travel to space like space it station. literally has nothing there <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> but you can do like the gravity is lower you can dunk. You yeah you can dunk. No, i'm saying you can duck man you can do anything there because imagine like Oh man! Imagine space sports. Space no sports wait, be can so you awful. really dunk? Because you can play Quidditch. Can't you, like, <laughs> oh yeah, you can wait, play Quidditch. Is, uh, is the gravity on the moon strong enough that if you jump really high? No, 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 no. Will no. bring you back? Will you come back now? Yeah, yeah, you will. Okay, it's enough to bring you down. Like it's not like it's not like light enough to like where you go infinitely into space. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because you remember um, from the moon mission, like they they like one small step for um, mankind. Yeah, like you saw them like leap right so yeah. you landed right so it's not strong enough where you can go like forever i don't know the the ratio of it but i'm pretty sure you can dunk like you can probably <laughs> yeah. have an amazing basketball like game. if there's any concern it's like if you throw a baseball that might not come back i yeah. don't know yeah that probably it, yeah, will you, you probably have to be really strong it'll be throw. like a bullet yeah where like even if you shoot a bullet into the sky it's gonna come back down right mm-hmm. oh well you're on the moon no in in, in on earth oh okay yeah, yeah. people get so people die from that I'm, per- I'm pretty sure even if you throw a baseball it's going to come back down. Well, the thing about Earth is that the reason why a bullet can travel so fast is the the drag, right? It's really small. So that's right. why I can go further based on the shape of it. So you don't really have that problem on the moon, right? So you throw things. It's it, Yeah, there's no friction. Yeah, there's no drag there. Yeah. Several years ago, I've read an article talking about how the, you can go to the moon mm. and come back. It was in like $20,000 a ticket or something? No, uh, 250 uh, $20,000, that's like that's not like a regular aircraft here, but first class. Oh, yeah, but it was $20,000. You don't even get to go on the moon. Like, it was just like past it. Yeah, I think I think that's what I'm talking about. I think it was, oh. but it was like $250,000. Oh, shit, that's crazy. That's pretty cheap, $250,000, considering like the state oh, of things. All the expenses you know what? you that literally have, have to have money that you can burn, like literally yeah, burn. You're burning, yeah. yeah, you're burning jet fuel, essentially. <laughs> if they have a space station on the moon, right? Yeah. It's like a dome and all that stuff, and they have like, let's say like 10,000 people working there, right? This is like, far far in the future a flight to the moon would be like a uh, first class like flying yeah. out across international yeah. water so maybe like 10,000 20,000 ish would you then like and it won't take too long to get there too so if it was established well enough that like with colonies and stuff that I could take over the colonies and yes I would you'll take over the colonies <laughs> yeah I would like to conquer the moon th- or Mars or whatever I think a type of culture would need to be established on the moon, like moon culture. Like there's there's certain food items that I can only get on the moon. No man, there's nothing. You can <laughs> no, 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 get on that's the- what I'm saying. Okay, because going to the moon would be going to like it really depends on the person. Some people that go to a Grand Canyon, they'll think it's a vast space and it's, it's a wonderful view. If I went, I'll see that for two seconds, right? And I'm ready to bounce. Mm-hmm. The moon will be exactly the same case. Yeah, except that I'm a little bit lighter. 
Yeah. Uh, and I'm like $250,000 like showing my bank account. I can imagine like it, the structure and everything being very different too. Like, so like how we enter a house right now, we have to walk upstairs. Yeah. How you go into your house at the moon is imagine like a tube, you just jump up and then you slide into your house. Do right? front flip. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so like, cause when we travel, sometimes we travel for culture, for food or whatever. But when you travel to the moon, it's experience. Yeah. That culture shock would be drastically different. Yeah. right? Because everything in there is going to be so different. And, and it's not just like, Oh, I'm the guy that's going to the moon. All your friends have been to the moon except for you. I, I still can't justify it. I would have to have the money just burn as well too, you know? And if, if yeah. that was the case, then yeah, I would go there. You know, yeah. It's going to be that case where it's just something people do. Like, do you really have to do it? Is like at one point is like the Nissan Skyline was an impossible car to have here. Mm-hmm. If you had it, yeah, I have a Nissan Skyline. Now that it's here, it's not not anything special. Yeah. What about like working at the moon though? Because like if they would pay you like for all your living and all your stuff, and like get like you get rid of all the problems. Oh, look at the moon. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Billy just pointed out the moon on uh, the the TV that's casting a photo of it. Yeah. And you, you get rid of all the uh, issues about like microgravity and everything affecting your bone density. Like they figure all that stuff out, right? And it was like perfectly healthy for you to work there, mm-hmm. you know? And then they pay, like you want to colonize something, right? That's not going to happen, Dan. Like you're not going to colonize nothing, okay? Not on your own, at least. <laughs> yeah. You got to like get a, like a pirate ship or something and then go yeah. space pirate on I them. I create a team of people that are yeah. willing to do this with me. But if they, if they pay for your living and say that, you know, all your stuff will get p- done and you can go back to earth once a year and we'll pay for it, would you do it? Once a year guys, for how long? Man. I don't know, like, you know, Cause you know like a month. Like yet a the week, way is like, know. you got to think about your situation on earth. Do you have family here? Right. Like, do you have anything? Yeah, but what do they say? Here? I'll take your children. We'll put them on the moon. We'll give them moon educations. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's, that's still bad. That's still <laughs> no. bad. Like, now I'm ruining my whole family. Because your whole life. But your children don't know that yet. Your children will think like, like your children will be like, oh, going to the moon is like regular. This is going to be moon propaganda. <laughs> you know that? It's like if I put them in China, they'll think everything China did, is, it was perfectly fine. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Or and then or and America is like, you know, the devil's home. And then at this point, it's like you're essentially giving up on your purpose of life and you're living out the purpose of somebody else's life. I think that's the, right? it's not really the purpose of someone else. I think it's society as a whole. Like, cause I can imagine like us traveling to different planets, co- colonizing them. Like, yeah. And like you're trying to extend the life of a humanity, not just extend the life of humanity, but just to imagine that as a future of possibilities. Like, yeah. isn't that like such a ridiculously crazy thing to imagine and exciting thing that is possible? Like that, if you want to go to Saturn, there's a well maybe you don't want to go to saturn because saturn is a pretty bad place to go to do they rain diamonds there it'll probably kill you with the gas there oh oh yeah that's okay but imagine like going to a different planet and like living there for a year and saying oh i got a contract job at this at mars right and then i gotta go there for a year to do some stuff right and then if it was just for a year then i'll be okay with it but if it was like i have to dedicate my life to this then that's a different story because you know if it's like saying you're creating a, a future for like humanity. I'm gonna be dead by by the time that's realized. Mm-hmm. Do I really care? Right, right. Like that's how I think of uh, certain uh, shit uh, sometimes. Because like, what's like, what's the point for me to do this? Right. Because I, I guess that's, it, a, that's a horrible way to think. Though it is a pretty. Horrible I see way. it as like the way that I'm comparing it is, um, say those people who work on a cruise ship. Yeah. Like they do it on a contract seasonal basis, whether six months or the full year, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if a lot of people see that as a full like long-term career it could be but for some of the people who are just working there as like bartenders or camera yeah. people it's almost like a work vacation yeah right because it comes down to 
what's the prestige behind this occupation? Right. Because it comes down back to that company that scammed everyone back then. Was it Mars X? Yeah, it was some stupid thing that's and like people like a signed competition up. for people to sign yeah, up. To yeah, to go to Mars. Yeah. Pretty much a one, one-way ticket to Mars. Mars, yeah. that's what they said, right? I, th- I think like the way I think of this is that when I'm imagining like the future of being able to travel back and forth from these places, it's not just like, like we can go there, but I'm imagining how different Earth is going to be as well. Earth is not going to be a regular like how we see it now, right? The technology growth and how like everything is here is going to be so different. Energy might not even be a concern in like 50 to 100 years, right? If the efficiency of certain things like get better, like solar panels get better, they're like 30 some, they're like 30 something percent right now, right? But if they get better to like 60 something, whatever their cap, or if nuclear energy gets better, or even if they figure out how fusion works to create a source of energy, then then us traveling back and forth from your house to my house to somewhere to make food to any of that stuff, that drastically reduces the cost of everything. So living in is basically almost free at that point, right? Once you imagine that and then you, your life is like ruled by robots and everything, then, you know, <laughs> you don't have to do anything, right? Then, then what's next? Like, what do you do next? Like, you're super comfortable, right? Like, you know, like in Wally, yeah, essentially in Wally, oh, where Wally. everything take care, everything is taken care of, right? I think once you reach that point of humanity where we are so comfortable, the next and only thing left to do is to explore. Because back in the day when they were colonizing the different um, land. different countries, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, there were I guess there were countries then, but the, yeah, yeah the different pieces of land. Like they essentially got comfortable where they were. And then the people that were like excited about traveling and all that stuff. I'm sure there's people making boats and they were really excited about making boats, right? There's people actually on the ships and there's people getting the food and manufacturing all the stuff they need to do. Like that's like, that's how the economy booms, right? That's how yeah. the new excitement happens. And I'm imagining that in the future, basically. I I, I see what you mean. And I, I do agree as well too, because there are going to be some people out there that they do want to explore. They do want to take that risk and adventure. Mm. But then there's a whole bunch of other people that are like, I don't want to do it until it's safe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right? why. That makes sense. But yeah, but then the good thing is, like that those would be the people who then would contribute to like building the boats right building the ships like building the engines like creating all of these things like you got to create entertainment stuff too right imagine entertainment in the future is going to be holograms right you got to someone has to make entertainment right? well that ex- ex- exists already i think they have tupac <laughs> yeah <laughs> right but pretty much you want to be the christopher columbus i don't want to do it and fuck oh. that shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't want to be an old christopher I, I just want to you want someone to do it for you so you can experience it yeah i want the direction of that to exist so that because when i have kids and they have kids. I want them to have a goal in life. All of us nowadays, we're 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 reaching a point where a lot of people in their teens and early twenties, and even people in their in their thirties now, don't have a purpose in life anymore. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. They their their goal is basically Netflix. Right? Like, Netflix and chill, or just Netflix? Just it's Netflix. pretty much embedded in their mind that they just have to get an education, get a job, work nine to five, have a family, and retire and die. Yeah. Like they have the, no sense of purpose. No, you know, yeah, exactly. You know, I think it's not just now. I'm pretty sure that existed throughout time. It yeah, just I you agree. need to have the have that idea, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm sure, like during Christopher Columbus, time, I'm sure not even want to explore land. Definitely, but it's Christopher yeah, Columbus not. or whoever. Yeah, people thought him. he was crazy. Probably. Yeah, probably said, and he said, "I think we can go further," and that's what motivated motivated him to explore, right? And mm-hmm. then you know, kicking you know yeah. Native Americans. I definitely out think like ninety nine percent of the population is going to be like. I just want to be comfortable and relax, but there still needs to be that small percent of people who want to do like crazy things in this world, right? I think there always will be, and yeah. they're usually white people. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs>
Because they have the most money, right? In terms of population distribution, they have the most money, so yeah. they have the most power. Also, the it. ones doing these extreme sports and shit. Yeah, so. yeah. It's also like it's, if you hear a creaking sound in the house, Asian person's gonna be like, "Fuck that! I'm not checking that out." White person's gonna explore <laughs> that shit. <laughs> and I think it's also just like there will be more emphasis on science in the future, or like a general purpose science, right? Like where everyone has to learn this basic stuff up to like high school or something, right? Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because there's always that debate. Um, you said that it's going to get to a point where the way that we live is almost going to be like energy efficient and cost efficient mm-hmm. and very minimal. Mm-hmm. But then at that point, like, what is the purpose of humans then, right? That we won't be yeah. needed. Yeah, How you'll do we have make that money question. to survive. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to get bigger and bigger. Like, right? What is the point of me working? You're just like, filling yeah. up space now. And and then and that's that's already something that we're facing now. Yeah, exactly. Because in in the states with the McDonald's, like they're they're having all yeah, those self orders yeah. machines and everything. Oh, I like hate that. that. And people are like, well. It, I'd rather have those machines installed rather than pay employees. Like it, it's cheaper for me to do it, right? So at that point, how even though it's more efficient and everything, how do you sustain yourself as a human? And then also, um, the other argument is when technology is so convenient and everything like that, those big companies are like the gas companies, everything they're going to be against it because they're losing profit. They want to monopolize energy, right? So they don't want green energy because it's not. It doesn't make them money. I. Completely agree. There's definitely going to be like friction and stuff from a lot of different companies. And the fact that like then those people will also be out of jobs. So the people like in the in the industry that is automating things will be out of jobs. The industry that's against it will be out of the jobs. And basically there'll be a point where I would like to think that there'll be a, a good point where we can balance people's work to only like 20 hours a week. And that's all people need to do. Because there are articles saying and articles opposing, but I like to just focus on the ones that are saying that working 40 hours a week for people is bad for their health, yeah. right? We produce too much stress. We're trying to work at a ridiculous pace that we don't need to. But imagine if working 20 hours is a regular thing, right? Just working like, was it like Monday to Wednesday? That's it. That's all we got to do, right? And the rest of it, we just, you know. But, that, but you know, that's very subjective. You know what? We're now saying four hours too much. What's not to say when that what you're saying does come become re- reality and we have 20 hours a week. Someone's going to be saying 20 hours too much. As yeah, well. that's why there's articles opposing and go towards it. But but if you can work less, yeah, you work less, right? But you still do need to work to have purpose. There's You need a goal, right? Like something needs to happen in your life or else you're just going to be Something to motivate you to live. Yeah, or else it's going to become like literally become like Wally where we're just couch potatoes yep. <laughs> being pulled around. I'm not complaining if I'm in Wally. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for tuning into this week's episode. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed what we talked about today. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button if you liked what we talked about this week. And if you want to hear us talk about anything else, let us know in the description below. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks for watching.